Hi guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Sermondo Talks. My name is Christina and I'm here to introduce you to some of the smartest experts in the Amazon industry. If you've already subscribed to our channel, good job. If you're new to our channel and you'd like to get some industry insights, learn some valuable things that you can apply to your own Amazon business and hear some interesting stories about entrepreneurship in general, make sure you subscribe to our channel now and hit that notification bell so you will never miss another episode again. My guest for you today is Stuart Conroy, founder of Activate. Let's say hi and ask him a few questions. So guys, I'm here today with Stuart Conroy. He's the founder of Activate and based in the UK. Hi Stuart, so glad to have you here. Good morning, nice to see you. In one sentence, what is Activate? So we're a specialist agency helping brands um, succeed on multiple channels. So we help the clients on Amazon, um, but as a, a part of a multi-channel structure. Um, so it, it's getting them set up on Amazon, but hopefully we, we're interested in brands that want to scale. So often that means um, setting on a different channels or into the high street. So what exactly does it mean? What kind of services do you offer? Uh, let's imagine I have a brand for kitchen and household uh, goods and I want to sell online now and I come to your company. So how would the process look like? Uh, so we go through a discovery process, understanding the vision of the, the founder, where they want to get the, I think too many times the founders kind of ignored in, in some of the things. Um, so we work out exactly what the vision of the company is and then execute a plan from there to understand uh, what, what channels they should be on, uh, identify any channel conflicts and really the, the, the piece is to build the solid foundations from where they can grow because we're in this ever-changing cycle of new channels, you know, Instagram's going direct to checkout, YouTube the same. So again, we want to make sure that there's a vision um, of, you know, ultimately where their customers are, but also, um, you know, those solid foundations from where they can scale. And how many employees work at your company? Uh, so full-time, we now have 13. Um, and then we have a, a network of uh, suppliers that we've built up over 20 years. Again, it's tailoring solutions for the brands because I don't think there's any off-the-shelf solutions. Um, and, and Amazon's a piece where it's important because that's where the customers are. So we're, we're heavily focused on Amazon, but it's also understanding the other channels that offer that bit of risk management and uh, the ability to scale. Would you say it's a big mistake to solely focus on Amazon and not on other channels? It depends on, on the aspirations. So uh, I used to work in risk management in IT. So I've always been that side of all eggs in one basket can be a dangerous strategy. It's working for, for some brands um, or, or sellers more, more often. Um, so I'm not saying it's the wrong strategy. It's just I'd always prefer if you're going to scale a brand to have that, that multifaceted approach that, that just gives a bit more breadth of where the customers are. All right. And uh, marketplaces differ from country to country, as you know. I mean, Walmart is not really a thing in Europe or, okay, eBay is more worldwide. But, you know, there are just different marketplaces that work in some countries and in some not. So do you work with clients from all over the world or are you specialized uh, in, in EU marketplaces? How does your client base look like? 
Uh, it's from all over the world. I mean, we started because we went on our own journey of selling phone cases. Um, you know, so a lot of that was was global and uh, selling into distributors and and that sort of thing. So again, I think you just got to be agile for what's happening in the world. You know, we're doing a, what, a lot of work now with um, the Alibaba platform uh, as that that's starting to scale and they're changing their their strategies there. Um, so we, we have to be adapting to what the market needs and. Again, if you're going to be a global brand, marketplaces is such an important feature of it. And besides, sorry, <laughs> besides marketplaces, do you think it's important for every brand to have their own website? And if yes, can you help with that? Uh, yes, I think it's important. And yes, um, we, we build websites for clients, but it, again, it's if there's a more complicated solution, then we'll find a, a more specialist partner to, to deliver that. Uh, I believe websites are where you have more conversations. It's that data capture piece that you can then, you know, have better conversations with the clients ongoing where that does get lost a little bit with Amazon. Um, and, and I think, you know, the, the piece around the halo strategy where if you're sending customers to your website, ultimately they'll, they'll go and check Amazon, but it also, you know, we've seen it with a lot of brands where they've just launched on Amazon, but not had a, uh, a, a decent website themselves and they've lost sales because of it. So they, it's difficult to launch a luxury brand, for example, on Amazon, if you haven't got your own website or, you know, there's that trust factor and people want to see you outside of just a, a marketplace. What do you think makes a brand? So when you have a client and they didn't define their own brand yet. They didn't really position themselves on the market yet. How would you um, do the process of liberating a brand together? So again, we'll work with brand partners who are more specialists in that side. So we're very much an operations and a uh, back-end system. The, the piece for me was like, we scaled very quickly as a company selling phone cases, but I always found out information about six months after it would have been useful. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm trying to be the company I needed 10 years ago. And, you know, we have a team here that, you know, we do a lot of the operations side, uh, the marketplace side, but when it comes to branding, we, we send more clients to, to branding partners that we've got or, you know, to get that piece right in terms of how they look. Um, again, you know, I, I believe founders love doing the branding, you know, the, the product creation, their salespeople, their hustlers usually. And, and the whole piece with Activate is to stop them getting involved in the, the jobs that they're not fit for, that, that don't suit them. Um, you know, it's a very different psychometric makeup to a founder and, and they usually make lousy operations people. Um, <laughs> so uh, I did. So uh, I was the worst picker and packer of products. Um, and, and that's the piece, you know, we want to get them doing the high value work, not you know, everybody starts facing back into their business. And, and the key thing for me is understanding, you know, what, what makes them tick and keep them, you know, their energy is, is just so much more important if they're doing the right things in their business. And that's being close to the brand. And, you know, they, they tell their story better than anybody else. And it that's tends true. to be, they, they outsource it to somebody to tell their story. And it's like, it's, it's to me, it's just, I think it's why a lot of brands fail. Because um, the brand owners stop doing what they enjoy what you know they yeah. are the hustlers so you know that's what uh, i like helping them and, and really being on the founder's side of the table so you said you're working with a lot of uh experts that are not direct employees of your agency 
Um, besides your good network, what are other things that make your company special and why should I choose Activate over other companies? Um, there's, there's a lot of, I was talking to somebody this morning, I mean, some of these agencies are taking on, you know, 200 brands a year uh, and it's not, I can't wait to read the book, how, they, how they're doing that and, you know, keeping consistent service. Um, yeah. but, you know, that's their story. But so we're interested in brands that scale and we understand that side of it from working with high street retail. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Steve Dennis over in the US who talks about harmonized retail and, you know, just making sure the channels all match up. And, and really, we're not about selling services that we offer. It's about selling services that the founders need. Uh, so we, we have a whole of market uh, sort of philosophy when it comes to, you know, should they be a Magento, should be in Shopify, should they be on Amazon, eBay, all of these things. And it's, it's just tailoring solution to what's right for them. And, and from there, we can help them scale and, and, and keep enjoying what they're doing. So that's, that's the unique bit. I think that um, it's not a hard sell. It's just, you know, building solid foundations for growth. When you say you work with companies that really want to scale, I mean, this obviously costs a bit of money. Do you have any budget requirements, like a minimum budget that a client has to put on the table in order to work with you? Um, you know, we also help with that. So we're finding funding for partners. Uh, and again, I, I always felt as a founder that, you know, as soon as you had a bit of success, everybody was telling you, you know, what money you needed or how they could help you. So, yeah, they, they have to be realistic, you know, and, and when we started offering it more as a service provider, um, lots of those brands didn't have enough resource to, to scale. And it's, you know, it's, it's not possible if you haven't got a bit of money, but again, there's options out, out there for, for raising funds for the right brands um, and, a, and a good business model. Uh, so, Again, these were things I found out. I was always bootstrapped and, and always have been, but um, there's all sorts of government funding. There's, you know, um, short-term loans. There's, there's a whole variety. Again, there's more specialists that, than me to help with that, but we've helped a number of brands raise the funding that, you know, we can then execute their plan. All right. And how does your pricing look like? Do you have like fixed packages, service packages, or do you speak individually to each client and then you both agree on a certain fee or a commission? Yeah, we, we, so when we started doing the services, I, I wanted to be commission only. Um, the challenge with that is that you're then also at the mercy of the entrepreneurs or the brands, uh, and um, it didn't quite work out as we intended. So we, we have a, a retainer model um, with commissions for, you know, it drives my team to, to achieve higher performance as well. So I think it's a win-win. Um, and then we have launch packages. So, you know, if a brand is, is more in that startup phase, I've been there. So I understand the pain of, of some of it. So we, we can put a team on the side of them and, you know, they often don't need as much money as they think if they, if they use it wisely and we can help them scale. And if we're getting that traction, then we can, you know, accelerate that through funding partners or, you know, there's all sorts of equity or debt solutions for them. Can you tell me three things that your clients say about your work? Uh, I can actually, we did a, a customer survey not too long ago. Um, oh, that's good. I, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good to get feedback. Um, you know, so if it was three, uh, it's trust. 
I think that's the biggest thing that we, we set out as one of our, our high values. Because we've sat the other side of the table, it, it's easy to, to have these values of what we expect you know, from a service provider. Um, so uh, trust would be one, um, or three, <laughs> being put on the spot. Um, transparency, again, that, that ties in with the trust uh, and effective growth. So it, it's that whole, it's all around the honesty piece. So we'll always you know, provide the data. We, we have analytics platforms. Uh, we partner with a company in the US called Glue, who have multi-channel uh, expertise in, in analytics. And yeah, again, it's always putting that information back to the founder or, or the, the senior team so they can see that we're providing the services that they need and doing it efficiently and they're scaling. And most clients that we've, since we've switched to a service provider have been with us through that duration. Um, and we've seen some phenomenal growth in, in, in a lot of those brands. Would you say you also try to have a personal relationship uh, with the founders or the people you're working with that are your clients? Um, so you're not just delegating all the tasks to your employees, but you also speak with them from time to time and yeah, just let them know what's going on. Yeah, my wife would say a little bit too much. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, I mean, I run a mentor program as well, just helping the, the founders. To, I've been through that journey. So if I can avoid them, uh, help them avoid the pitfalls of, of running a business, um, it's important. So yes, I probably do too much of it, um, but it's important, you know, and, and they need somebody they can trust and pick the phone up to and, and say, you know, this is happening. Um, but, you know, I think that's throughout my team. You know, they all have a good relationship with the clients. You know, we, we benefit from their success. So, again, we're, we're looking at those win-win partnerships. Yeah. Um, I probably need to be a little bit more disciplined at some of the times I take calls. <laughs> but, um, that's, that's my part of being an entrepreneur, isn't it? So. Yeah. Definitely. Um, has it ever happened that a client was not happy with your work? And if yes, how did you handle that situation? Um, I'm not sure that they'd ever been, you know, because, because we've got a transparent uh, pricing model that shows the work we put in um, and, and the benefits, you know, that come from that. So uh, we, we had one in the feedback that uh, kind of um, annoyed me. Uh, purely because we, we, we tried to, I think a lot of brands ask the wrong questions and, you know. What do you mean by that? I, I just see the failure rates that happen in e-commerce or Amazon sellers. And, and sometimes it's because they're just asking the wrong questions. Um, and we, we had one brand that was um, selling into different countries, but not realizing their wholesale deal in one country was impacting what was happening on Amazon in another. And, you know, it happened to me 12 years ago, a company that we'd um, decided to go with to, to develop a, a, a market in a particular country, ended up putting all the products on Amazon USA. And this was like 12 years ago. So we, we, we had early lessons in, you know, needing eyes in the back of your head and, and you've got to get the strategy right. So I felt a little aggrieved when they said they weren't happy with the work we did in terms of getting the performance on an Amazon purely because we, we couldn't compete with somebody who was undercutting us by 30%. So, mm. you know, brands have to understand these days who's selling their products. And if you look at Nike going down from 30,000 retailers down to 40 key partners, you know, brands are now realizing they've got to know who's selling the product. And, and, and that's again, the key thing for building brands. It's sometimes less is more. 
Um, I heard recently from several agencies that there are now so many different agencies and companies that are specialists in Amazon that there's some sort of price dumping going on. So all the agencies offer their services for less and less, so they win the clients over. Um, do you face that problem as well? Or would you say that your service quality just stands out and speaks for itself, that you don't really need to cut your prices that low? Um, we haven't had to cut them, but again, our, our margins spread across different services. So, so we're doing fulfillment, we're doing analytics, we're doing multi-channel introductions to, to high street. Uh, again, a lot of it through other distributors, but I think that's the world over, you know, digital agencies. There was a lot of LinkedIn talk the other week about, you know, people are doing it. People can always do it cheaper. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the thing. So, you know, we're not a fan of that. Um, again, as I say, you see these agencies that are taking on 200 accounts and it's like, well, there can't be any quality there. And, so we have a, a very good process of identifying brands that we want to work with. Um, and once we've done that, there, there's no reason for us, us to cut our prices. Um, and, you know, the, the clients will win from that because we're transparent and showing the, the value that we add to them. Uh, the reason I ask, uh, just to specify it for our listeners, is that it's really important not to only go by price, but also by the quality and reputation of an agency. Please keep that in mind, even if your budget is low. Um, all right, now to my favorite part, uh, the personal questions. Um, oh, why gosh. did you decide <laughs> to start your company? Um, I ran away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Basically, I, I, was, I was in IT and banking in, in the corporate world and realized it, it just wasn't um, a long-term vision of mine uh, to, to stay in that sort of area. And didn't really know what I wanted to do, just knew it wasn't that. Um, so I'm not this one that, you know, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. Um, yeah. But uh, so when my contracts finished with, with IT, uh, e-commerce, so this was 2000 and not many people were buying online at that time. Uh, e-commerce wasn't trusted uh, so we were just taking products out of the east end of London and, and putting them online um, and learning about Google and PPC and um, you know seeing, seeing Google change over those years has been interesting as well so all of these platforms have moved on but yeah it wasn't um, a sort of specific I, I always wanted to sell phone cases uh, you know it was you know phones didn't exist when I was a kid so <laughs> Um, what, really you're you're like 30 <laughs> how, how can that be? Yeah, you, you win all the prizes you win all the prizes but you know i think the, the thing i'm fascinated by is business and you know that's that's been really exciting for me over the last 20 years to to learn all those different pieces um and it's ever changing and i think that's that's the bit again i don't think you can sit still these days um the only thing that's certain is it's going to be uncertain what happens so yeah that's again why we run a small team and work with a network of partners as well because it, it suits our ambition um, to, to scale ourselves. I mean, it takes a lot of guts to say, okay, I, I, I'm going to quit, quit my job. Uh, I'm pursuing my own e-commerce business full-time or starting an agency. Um, what were some of the challenges that you faced during that time? Um, when you've worked in a company like in the banks and stuff like that, everything's done for you. 
Um, so, so that's the biggest thing that you just don't realize what goes on. Uh, a bit like being a parent, you know, it's, you, you don't realize what your parents do for you until, until your parent necessarily. But um, yeah, I think that there's the biggest challenge I see for, for founders now is that there's just so much noise out there. there. There's lots of advice, not always the right advice. There's always different opinions on, on, you know, and I think that's the biggest challenge for many that it's just navigating what's true. Um, I don't, you know, when you see these adverts for people in front of Ferraris, you know, by the beach saying <laughs> half an hour a day, or FBA businesses, you know, we'd all Gross. love that. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I was given a talk last year on it and, you know, actually I think it is possible, um, but it's, it's not easy. And it's something that, again, we aspire to, to have our founders do is, is literally be out of the business so they can run it from anywhere. Um, you know, this is reading books like from Michael Gerber to Tim Ferriss and all of these hyper efficiency books. But yeah, I mean, if, if I had my time again, I'd have read a lot more books early in my uh, business journey. Um, I was kind of late to that party, but um, yeah, some of those challenges, just, just the over information at times and, you know, finding out who you can trust to, to help you scale. And what excites you most about working in the e-commerce industry? Um, I think it's very cool that you're not tired of it, even though you've been doing it for 20 years now. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I just think it's an exciting time, you know, in, in commerce in general. Um, and, you know, there, there's so many things going on. So, you know, But that's, I've got one of those brains are like new and fresh all the time, which makes me, you know, not the ideal entrepreneur at times, which is, you know, well, I've got a team there that are far more, you know, process driven and, and uh, diligent. I drive them crazy. Um, but, you know, it's fascinating the way Instagram's going, the way Shopify fulfillment, you know, YouTube's now going to have a checkout, um, all of these things. So it's an ever moving piece. And um, yeah, it's, it's a lot different to what it was 20 years ago, but I, I just, you know, It's an exciting part of the market, and I think we're going to see going to see shift back to high street as well. I think a little bit more, um, but you know, different to what it was before. So I think that's evolving rather than being dead. And what do you like least about your job? I mean, there are a lot of uh, drawbacks when working a classic nine to five in the banking industry, but being an entrepreneur, of course, also has some drawbacks. You mentioned that your wife sometimes. <laughs> is not uh, really happy that you have such a close relationship to your clients. Um, is time maybe a factor that you don't like or are there any things that you don't like about your job? Yeah, um, time is the, you know, because my whole you know, ethos is helping brands or brand owners and key people, you know, save their time. And sometimes I've got to tell, tell myself to do that as well. Uh, You know, the mobile phones meant that we can be online the whole time. Uh, so it's having that bit of discipline that, that's needed. Um, but sometimes, you know, if, if we're going through a scaling period at the moment, so uh, we work through the Christmas period um, this year just, just to make sure that we're on top of, of what we're doing. Um, but, you know, the last three years I've been overseas for Christmas. So, you know, it, it's, it swings and roundabouts as, as the business needs, but there's not a perfect system. Um, so we're always adapting ourselves to it, but there's nothing I really hate. You know, I was talking to my, to Gareth, who's our head of business development yesterday. And, you know, we're working with coffee companies, sports companies, 
all sorts of new tech companies. So if I like varied, so I couldn't have wished for more really as a, as a business owner. Um, is there any skill or characteristic that you wish you had, but you don't have right now? Good question. Um, I, I'm always trying to improve my speaking. Uh, so that's something that I came late to the party. I always sat behind a computer. I wasn't really, you know, in e-commerce, you can be stuck behind a computer and not really talking to too many people at times. Um, so yeah, public speaking is the one that I'm, I'm working on at the moment. Uh, so I'm doing a few more events and, and, and getting out there, but, uh, yeah, whether you ever conquer that completely, but, but that's the one skill I'm, I'm, I'm striving to improve. Are there any events planned for the near future where we can see you? Um, yeah, we're just planning out. We, we, we're doing a few sort of, um, uh, sort of private network ones at the moment, uh, working with other people in the industry and, and, and across uh, sector sort of uh, client sharing exercise just to show you know trusted partners that we can uh, pass them on to so we're doing a bit more of that um, you know we will be at future events this year uh, we, we, we've, we've been focusing more on the back end and making sure all these systems match up and you know helping our, our clients so that's been the focus up to now which has got to the point as I say like working over Christmas so that I'm now free to actually go and be a lazy CEO to a degree. I think <laughs> out there and, uh, um, you yeah, earned it. You know, well, you know, I've got a good team. So, you know, yeah. that's the thing. One of, one of the most problematic jobs I think out there at the moment is, is the role of marketplace manager. And I just, you know, I think brands underestimate or companies underestimate just the size of Amazon, for example. And, you know, it's one person comes in and they've got to be creative or, you know, process driven, analytical, all of these different things. And I think that's a very difficult thing to get in one, one individual. Um, and, and that's again, why we have a team that, that have very varied skills that, that can work together to, to get that success. Mm, if you could travel back in time and give yourself one advice besides reading more books, maybe, which one would it be? Um, I, I wish I'd listened to my first mentor a little bit more. Um, so who was your first mentor things. it was a chap called steve wickens um and yeah i was I got that stubborn streak at times and and i i think the the things that he was telling me you know god repays us in different ways doesn't he so like when i'm mentoring other people and they're not quite listening to to what i'm advising or stuff you know i, I think i get the same same that i did to steve but sometimes you've got to learn your own pain points and um you know, what everything he was trying to tell me I, I listened to a lot of it and and you know we had some success you know a lot of success from from that side but there was other things that I, I maybe should have listened to a little bit closer all right so tip and advice for our listeners if you have any mentor in your life listen uh, listen closely <laughs> and uh, you might be able to not make some mistakes um if you could have any superpower um, so not time traveling, but maybe like flying, which one would it be? Um, probably right now it'd be invisibility and just to see what goes on inside of Amazon, uh, at times. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, invisible would be good, wouldn't it? I think just to go and see what was happening in some of these, um, sometimes it's a bit of a black box in, in some of these organizations we work with and it'd be, uh, 
I'd like to be a fly on the wall and hear what's, what's going on in Jeff, Jeff and his team's heads, you know, to, uh, to understand what the future is. But um, yeah, that would be advantageous, I'd say. That was actually my uh, next question. If you could walk into Jeff Bezos' office and ask him one thing or for one favor, what would it be? Um, probably just to realize that, cust realize that customer centric means, you know, brand centric as well. Um, you know, and I think in society, we're in a danger if we don't look after the innovators and the founders and, you know, it's not just Amazon. I think it's across, you know, Facebook marketplace, eBay and stuff like that. You know, we, we've got to look after the founders and innovators a little bit more. Um, and I think if we can do that, I don't think it's just Jeff's problem. I think there's, uh, the authorities, you know, need more awareness on that side, but that's the bit. Brand centric will actually lead to customer centric in the, in the future. I can use that as a quote if I ever write a book. Are you okay with that? Yeah, that's fine. Just credit me. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. If you could hire any famous person in the world, could be a celebrity or just from from a business side, someone like Gary Vaynerchuk, who would that be and why? Good question. Um, I, I'm a big fan of Tony Robbins, and I know lots of people aren't, but I think, uh, you know, I've, I first read one of his books back in the 80s, so uh, I'm a little bit older than 30. Um, and I just think that the, the positivity and, you know, that there's, there's people like that that are just helping other people and, you know, have a good drive. Scott Harrison as well from Charity Water. Um, you know, the, Those sort of people, I think, you know, because there's, there's a lot to give back and, and, and help other people. But um, I think Tony would get my team G'd up every morning and, you know, on their bouncy trampolines and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> um, you know, I think that would help. All right. Then I'm already at my last question. If you had one minute and could speak to any Amazon seller and vendor in this world, which three tips would you give to them? Uh, research would be number one. Just um, take your time to, to research and find out. Uh, there's lots of good forums out there. There's there's lots of good information, but it's it's part of the entrepreneur's journey is to understand what's um, what's true and what's not. Sometimes it's trial and error on that side. Um, so research would be one. Two would be patient. You know, I think there's a, an appetite to um, get rich very quick. You know, it's it, that's never changed over the years. It's just now it's amplified with the internet. And, um, you know, there's, there's that patience that's needed to, to see the opportunities and, and step away from the business at times um, from that side. Um, and three, enjoy the journey because, you know, I think that can be challenging at times. It can be overwhelming. I think there's people out there, you know, there's so many good coaches out there, you know, and, and sometimes you've got to find, find the right one. But um, you know, the whole point is we're enjoying the journey and, you know, when it's challenging, it's usually insight into something we're doing wrong or, you know, we've got to find a better way of doing it. So, you know, I probably didn't do enough of that when I was, I was going through our, our, our rapid scaling process because, you know, you're just trying to cling on. Um, but yeah, trying to enjoy the, the journey a little bit more. I really like the last one. That's the first time someone said it on our podcast. Um, all right. Uh, is there well, anything... Sorry, again. <laughs> But that's what it's about to me. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I think, you know, that is too many of 
don't enjoy that that journey and there's there's pressure you know from social media and stuff and it's just you've got to enjoy the ride yeah and i think people focus a lot on their errors and flaws but if you just step back for a minute and reflect a little i mean it's insane what a lot of people are doing just having the guts to start their own business start their own brand that's a bit big thing and people should be more proud of themselves i think Yeah, and I also think that there's those that overthink it, so don't start at all. You know, they're looking for perfection before they start anything. And it's like, you know, you've got to take a, I say research, but, you know, and, and that's more, you know, you, you, we're all, there's no experts out there. There's just laser-focused learners, in, in my view, because there's new apps the whole time. There's new channels, that, you know, so you'll never learn it all. So you've just got to take that leap and, you know, don't risk it all necessarily, but just, you know take strategic strategic steps at times so all right is there anything else that you want to get out there a shout out or <laughs> some other things no just you know we're, we're helping more and more brands so we're, we're, we're here we're on the end of the phone the team are here um we're a little bit different to the other agencies i feel in terms of the multi-channel approach but um you know uh, yeah here to here to help is the is the goal of activate All right, you all heard Stuart, then we're at the end. Thank you so much for being on and answering all of my questions. It was a pleasure having you here. Thanks very much. Lovely talking to you. All right, guys, that's it for today. That was my interview with Stuart. If you have any questions for him or for me, simply leave your comment below this video. I also included some helpful links in the description where you can find out more about Activate and Sermondo.com. And now I want to know from you guys, did you ever hire an agency like Stewards, or do you prefer to do everything on your own? Let us know, drop your comment below. And if you haven't subscribed to our channel yet, you can do this now by either clicking the Sumondo globe somewhere here or the red subscribe button somewhere here. And if you do so, I will see you guys next time.